Hello, everyone. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Perky Avos podcast, where we live with Torah ethics. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomokohn at gmail.com. For this week's Mishnah, we begin with Perek Dalid, Mishnah Chavtes. Chapter 4, Mishnah 29. It's a longer Mishnah. And there's a few, I'm going to break it into three steps. So let's read the Mishnah and then we'll go back and break, break it down piece by piece. Who are you, Aimer? Rabbi Elazar Akapar used to say, that was the last author of the last Mishnah. Hayiladim Lamus, the ones who were born are to die. Vahamesim. And the ones that have died are to be brought to life. And the ones brought to life are to be judged. So, so that one may know, make known, and have the knowledge that he is God. Who are Yotzer, who are Bore, who are Maven, who are Dayan, who aid, who Baldin. He is the designer, he is the creator, he is the discerner, he is the judge, he is the witness. Who aid, who baldin, who asid ladon. He is the discerner, he is the judge, he is the witness. He is the com- complainant and he is the summon to judgment. Baruch Hu, blessed is he, she'en lafan of avla, before whom there is no iniquity, no, nor forgetting. There's no, there's no forgetfulness, no favoritism, and no acceptance of bribery. For everything is his. And you should know that everything is according to the reckoning. And let your, let your evil inclination not promise you that the grave will be an escape for you. For against your will you were created, and against your will you were born, and against your will you live, and against your will you will die. And you, we will, you will be destined to give an account before the king who rules over the kings, the Holy One, blessed is he. Okay, so that was a long, a lot to swallow in one shot. So I'm going to break it down. It sounds a little bit scary, but we're going to try to break the Mishnah down into three parts. The Mishnah is really composed of three different ideas. Number one, there's an order of this world. Number two, there's no getting around the order of the world. We can't beat the system. And number three is don't be tricked by our evil inclination. So let's look at each part and then we'll explain. He used to say, the newborn will die, the dead and the dead will live again, the living will be judged. It's the order, right? In order that they, they, that's the first part. So number one is the children that were born, eventually we all get after 120, we come to a point where we pass on to the next world. That's belief number one. We have, we're mortals. We're not immortal. So even a young child, 
who has a whole life ahead of them, eventually will have to come up and give an accounting to God. But at the same, now the next step is that the dead will live again. There is an intrinsic belief in Judaism that even after someone passes, there's a concept called the revival of the dead. The dead will be brought back and they'll live again. The living will be judged. It's another aspect of life. We go through life. We do good. Sometimes we fall, but we're going to have to give an accounting at the end of our lives when we come upstairs. That's the first part of the Mishnah. And it's important to have these ideas. That this is a positive share. We're not trying to do any scare tactics or focusing on the positive, but it's important to know, to have in our minds, the order of the world. We, don't, we have a limited amount of time in this world to do good things. And we have to take advantage of all the opportunity we have to be the best we can be. And if we just have the realization that even a young child, eventually the time will run out, it pushes us to be better. It gives us a, a new outlook on life. And another intrinsic belief is the fact that we have that is the revival of the dead. And it's really this idea that Hashem is really infinite. We are finite and God is infinite because that is represented you know, by these two ideas. Number one is that uh, eventually we'll, we all pass on to the next world. And number two is that the dead come back to the living. And that's something which Hashem has the ability to do. And that's another part of our belief as well. Now, continuing with the Mishnah, in order that they know, teach, and become aware that he is God, he is the fashioner, and he is the creator. This is part of that first idea. Many people believe that, that the world, the world um, is a sort of an autopilot. They believe in God, but they don't have a belief that God is involved in all the small things in the world, quote-unquote. They say that, fine, God made this world, but now he doesn't care about the small things. We have to know, the Mishnah is telling us that every aspect of our lives, God is involved with. He's the creator. He's the fashioner. He's the judge. He's the witness. He's all of the above. It wasn't just that he made the world about a little less than 6,000 years ago, and now it just goes by itself. Every leaf that falls, every blade of grass, everything he controls. And this is another outlook, another idea that we have to have in our mind. And even though it's hard for us to understand, how is it possible for someone or something to be everywhere and to be in control of everything at the same time? That's the idea that Hashem is infinite. He has that ability. It's beyond our comprehension. He has that ability. And it's something that we have to incorporate into our lives and our minds. And you know what? I want to bring this idea forward a little more. It's besides the fact that Hashem is involved with all the aspects of our lives, He also cares about every aspect of our life. That besides for just running the world and running all, everything about it, when we stub our toe, it's something that Hashem cares about. And it really brings to me, brings out this idea there's an, that we should really keep it, it's an important thing for people to train themselves to talk to Hashem, to talk to God, to not just 
you know, maybe it sounds funny. Oh, talk to yourself. You know, nowadays it happens to be you're allowed to talk to yourself because you could just put a Bluetooth in your ear and no one will think you're crazy. But if you really want, you could put a Bluetooth in your ear and you could talk to God and no one will, no one will think you're crazy because they just think you're talking to somebody on the phone. But it's an important thing to train ourselves to do, to speak to Hashem, to tell him what's bothering us, to ask him for things. And because it's in this idea that, you know, we're not talking about doom and gloom only. It's not, it's not just about doom and gloom. It's that Hashem is intimately involved in our lives as well. If we choose to make him so, Hashem's involved in everything. And we have the ability to bring him into every aspect of our life as well when we speak to him. And obviously, the rabbis incorporated davening three times a day, the Shachar's prayer, the Mincha prayer, and the Meirah prayer. But every person has the ability to speak to Hashem, to speak to God in their own words from any place, from any time, in any language. And on a certain level, when someone speaks to Hashem, from his own heart or has a certain specialness to it, that prayer, even more than praying the set prayers of, of davening. Not that a person shouldn't do that. A person needs to do those as well, to daven three times a day. It's important that everyone should talk to Hashem. Maybe the first few times it feels funny to speak to, to, speak to God. But after a few times, you get used to it. And there's a certain comforting feeling that you have when you do it. Try it out. You'll see this is, after a few times, you'll get this feeling that my father is caring for me because Hashem loves you more than your mother, your father, your husband, your wife combined. It's a hard thing to imagine, but that's how it is. Part one of this Mishnah, we broke it down. It's the order of the world. So it's number one is we have to realize we are mortals. Number two is God is infinite and he's involved in every aspect of our lives and our world. And we took out of that, that we have the ability to make that close relationship with Hashem. He's there for us. Speak to him in your own words, whenever you can. That was part one. Part two is that we can't get around this order of the world. So number one is we set up, there's an order. Number two is you can't get around it. And let's go through it. So he said, he will judge, blessed is he before whom there is no iniquity, no forgetfulness, no favoritism, and no acceptance of bribery. For everything is his. Know that according that everything is according to the reckoning. That's part two. So again, he is the discerner. He is the judge. He is the witness. He is the plaintiff. He will judge. Blessed is he. Blessed is he before whom there is no iniquity. No forgetfulness. No iniquity means no, there's no injustice. So there's blessed is he before whom there is no iniquity. There's no injustice. There's no forgetfulness. There's no forgetting about what a person did or didn't do. There's no favoritism. And there's no acceptance of bribery. Human nature is such that we think we can always beat the system. We think we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out when the time comes. If we have some type of issue, we'll try to get around it. We could pay the, if we get a parking ticket, 
We could pay the lawyer a few hundred dollars. They'll get us out of it. If we have a court case, we get a, a better lawyer. If we have a tax issue, we'll hire an accountant. We're always thinking we can get out of our problems because we think we're in control. True, we are at the top of the food chain on this world. Everything in this world is created for human beings. So, some, But at the same time, that causes us to think that we have everything in our control. We don't realize that we're limited. We're limited. And when it comes to our relationship with Hashem, there's no getting around what we're supposed to be doing and what we have done, we're going to have to answer for. There's no beating the system. Also, if we keep this in mind, it is helpful for us to push us in the right direction, to be what we're supposed to be, to do what we're supposed to do. You know, there's an expression or there's, uh, I guess it's known to people that you don't mess with the IRS. You hear all the radio commercials, you know, don't do it alone. Why? Because everyone knows, even I guess us mortals, we don't mess with the IRS. When they get a letter, most people will deal with it in the proper way. They don't ignore it and try to get around it and they'll deal with it properly. When it comes to our relationship with Hashem and what we're supposed to be doing and how we should live our lives, we have to realize that we, we, we have a responsibility to do, to do the right thing. And we have to remember that there's no beating the system. Everything we do is recorded for good and for bad. And there's a calculation. There's a God is the ultimate judge. And he will judge us when the day comes. God, God willing, it'll be after 120. But we should remember we cannot get around, beat the system. And this is also an impetus for us to be good now, to be better now, so we won't have to be worried when we come up to, to Shemayim. And we, after we live a full life, we'll have the confidence that we, we lived a productive life. We did, we, we learned Torah, we, we did mitzvot, we treated people well. So it's just a, something we should keep in our mind as well. And the third part is that don't be tricked by your evil inclination. So let's see. And let your evil inclination not promise you that the grave will be an escape for you. For against your will you were created, Against your will, you are born. Against your will, you will live. Against your will, you will die. And against your will, you are destined to give an account before the king who rules over the kings. The Holy One, blessed is he. Now, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, is inside each and every one of us. From the day we are born until the day we pass on to the next world. And he's working 24-7 to try to get you to sin and to get further from Hashem. He'll do whatever he can to make you fall. Sometimes he's the little guy on the side with the red and the pitchfork, and he tells you, do it, do it. Right? He tells you to do the sin, to do, it, to do outright sins. Sometimes he tries to get you to do sins outright. Sometimes he's going to have a harder time doing that. For most of us, nobody's, nobody, nobody's going to do a sin outright. So he, he's very cunning. He'll trick you. He comes, he says, he explains to you why it's 
a good idea to do this and this thing. Why it's a mitzvah. It's a good thing to do this bad deed. And he gives you reasons and explanations until he gets you to commit the sin. And then he gets you to do it again and it's a little easier until he gets you stuck in the mud where it's hard for you to get out. And this is his modus operandi. He starts with something small and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes what he offers us looks very enticing. But if we have the whole picture and we have step one or part one of the Mishnah and part two, we'll remember and we won't get tricked. That will say, Mr. Yitzhara, go away. I don't need any of your enticements because I know what's the long run. What's the end game? That everything I do, I'm going to have to answer for. Hashem is watching and I have a job to do. I have to live my life, life to the fullest. I can't fall in the mud. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what's being taught in this Mishnah, part three. That the Yitzhara always tries to trick us and to tell us how we should do things which are not proper for ourselves. And we have to realize that don't fall for it. Don't go for all the glitter and the gold. You know, like the, the fly, the flies when they have that light, that zapper light, they see this very, very powerful glowing light and they get attracted to it and they go closer and closer and closer until it's too late and they get zapped. And that's the end of the fly. We're like that fly sometimes. We see this glowing light. It looks so good and enticing. And we go closer and closer until we get to a point where we're going to get zapped. Don't do that. Don't go for the light. Go for the real light, which is closest to Hashem with Torah and mitzvot and going in the correct path. So just to close to review for this Mishnah, we have three parts. Number one is how the world works. Hashem is involved in everything. Number two is we can't beat the system. There's no beating the system. We all have to answer. And number three is don't be fooled by the eight Sahara. Don't let him get you. And the more we learn, the more we do mitzvos, that's the way that we we keep him away. We keep the Yitzhahara away. Keep the evil and inclination controlled. The, as the Talmud says, Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin. That Hashem did create the Yitzhahara, but at the same time, he created the Torah as the antidote for healing the Yitzhahara or healing ourselves from the Yitzhahara. That if we learn Torah, it we, it weakens the power of the Yitzhahara and it gives us an eternal reward. You might ask, so why did Hashem put this Yitzhahara here in the first place? Why is he making it hard? Why is he making it difficult for me? Just don't make a Yitzhahara. He shouldn't have created this evil inclination within, within me that I should have this challenge of doing the right thing or not doing the right thing. And the answer to that is actually in this last saying of the Mishnah, because we actually all get a mazel tov because we finished the fourth chapter of, of Mishnayas. 
And it's customary after every chapter to read Rabbi Hanania ben Akasha. So let's read it together and it'll give us the answer to our question. So the question is, why did God have to give us this Yitzhara and make life so challenging for us that every time I want to do the good, the good thing, the right thing, I have such a hard time. Why did Hashem do that to me? Just let me have the ability to do good and I don't have this challenge. So Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha, Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha says, Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lezakas Yisrael. Hashem wanted to give the Jewish people merit. Lefikach. Here Belem Torah Mitzvah Shenemar Hashem Chafetz Laman Sidko Yagdo Torah V'yadir. He gave them Torah mitzvahs in abundance, as it says, Hashem desired for the sake of its sake, Israel's righteousness, that the Torah be made great and glorious. How do you become great and glorious in Torah? Is it by easy street or is it by pushing yourself? Hashem knows that if we just had it easy, it would be no sweat. We wouldn't feel good about our accomplishment. It's when we work on ourselves and have the fight, that's when we feel good about what we're doing and we feel good about the reward. Who feels better about themselves? A person who just gets a check every month in the mail or someone who works and pushes themselves to make a living for themselves? I'm not talking about someone who's retired, they worked their whole life, but somebody who's young, who feels good? Who has a better feeling about what they're doing, about the money that they earn? Someone who's just getting money in the mail from their parents, their in-laws, I don't know, whoever else you can put in there, or somebody who's working hard to support himself. I think everyone would say that it would be the second person. So when we're going to come upstairs for our reward in the next world, right? Every, per- every person has their share in the world to come. And it's, if we're just going to get that share for doing nothing, for, for easy street, we're not going to enjoy it. But what we will enjoy is when we knew we work for it. We had to overcome challenge, overcome difficulty to get it. And it's interesting, the, the share we get, everyone has a share in the world to come, but it's up to us how we want that portion, that plot to look like. Do we want it to be beautifully manicured with plants and gardens and flowers? Or do we want it to be just a plain piece of land? So the more we work on it here in this world, the more beautiful it will be. And that's really this Mishnah, is that ha- having, and really a lot of the Mishnahs that we deal with are help, help us keep this outlook in life in different ways. You know, every, people are different, and different, different sayings, different things inspire different people in different ways. And many of the Mishnahs or the Mishnayos that we are dealing with help us keep that focus about what our true goal in life is, where we're heading. Sometimes maybe some of the ideas could have seemed a little bit repetitive in this chapter. Could be that they were in a, in a way, but it takes different people receive messages in different ways. Sometimes people hear one message one way and others hear it a different way. And the mission is giving us different angles to hear these ideas and keep that in mind. So with that, I wanted to finish for this week's Mishnah. Thank you everyone for joining the Perkyavus podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with a K at gmail.com. Have a great day.